window and you look at the weather. It could be raining, it could be sunny. And I just have this feeling that sometimes we walk through life and we look at the sky of our lives and we go, wow, it's you know, hit or miss. Sometimes I have good days, sometimes I have bad days. And it's just, that's how life is. But when you go deeper into the science of weather, you realize what a miracle it is because there's orbits, there's gravitational pulls, there's air currents, there's high and low pressures, there's, there's distance from the sun. It's a miracle that we exist on this planet. And you realize, wow. And so I just feel this challenge that when we look at our lives, we need to understand that there is a king of kings that holds everything together. And so in our small little weather circle, we go, oh, you know, sometimes it's good, it's bad, but we need to look up to the skies. We need to look past the skies into the universe and realize that the source of every good thing is God. And so when we look up, we stop becoming turkeys and we start soaring like eagles because that is who we are. That is who we meant to be. We get stop getting stuck in the mud and we start soaring in the skies that we are meant to be, destined to be. We live in a realm where we live in faith. The already but not yet. The already has already. He's already won. We're already victors. But we look at our lives some days and we go, I've lost. What a, what a absolute despicable thing to say in the face of the cross you and I are victors you and I are winning you and I have already won and so I want to declare he is the king of kings this morning I want to declare that he is the king of kings over every situation in our lives he is the victor and we enter into that victory today Thank you, Jesus, that you are the King of Kings over our lives. And we call into reality the small things. And we say, come in line with the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. connected it's Isaiah 40 uh, verse 25 where it says to whom then will you liken me or to whom shall I be equal says the Holy One lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things I think the things are the stars in other versions who brings out their host by number he calls them all by name. Wow. Now you and I know how many stars there are, and He knows each one by name. How much more doesn't He know you? By the greatness of His might and the strength of His power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the God, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall grow faint and weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. May this be true in 2023. Hey. 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 
some <laughs> reading Psalm 139 to myself during worship. Um, but I switched the yous and me's. It feels very powerful. So let me try that. Um, son or daughter, I know everything there is to know about you. I perceive every moment of your heart and soul. And I understand your every thought before it even enters your mind. Um, I am so intimately aware of you, my son or daughter, my child. Okay. I read your heart like an open book. And I know all the words you're about to say before you even start a sentence. I know every step you will take before your journey even begins. Oh, great for New Year. <laughs> um, I've gone into your future to prepare the way, and in kindness, I follow behind you to spare you from the harm of your past. I have laid, your ha I have laid my hand on you. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. My understanding of you brings you wonder and strength. Where could you go from my spirit? Where could you run or hide from my face? If you go up to heaven, I'm there. If you go down to the realms of the dead, I'm there too. If I, you, <laughs> if you fly with wings into the shining dawn, I'm there. If you fly into the radiant sunset, I'm there waiting. Wherever you go, my hand will guide you. My strength will empower you. It's impossible to dis um, disappear from me or to ask the darkness to hide you. For my presence is everywhere, bringing light into your night. There is no such thing as darkness with me. The night, to me, is as bright as the day. There is no difference between the two. I formed your innermost being, shaping your delicate insides and your intricate outsides, and wove them all together in your mother's womb. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think the revelation or the download that God's been trying to give me is that um, we're always rushing places. We're, in New Year, we like to plan. We, we like to not be here. We like to not be now. But God is like the most precious moment is now. The most sacred person is, the, the most sacred thing is your relationship with Him. There's nothing more important to Him. There's no, you are the apple of His eye. There's nothing more important than who you are, how you're made, your current circumstance, and if you see it through God's eyes, that is the most important thing. Like you might have plans to, you might want and desire to travel or be somewhere else, but God has put you in Hong Kong for a reason. And I feel that God is going to speak to each of us about exactly what our purpose is 
in every second of our life. That none of it is wasted. All of it is precious. And you don't have to rush off anywhere. You don't have to go for your human goals. That's not important. Just be who you are and know whose you are. Just love the picture that I have in my mind now with what James shared and Seamus and James. I see it like a Persian mat, a Persian rug, and God has woven each of us like threads into that into that uh, mat. And just exactly what she's saying, He wove us before we were even born, and that just tied in so beautifully with this analogy, this picture. So if you can just close your eyes and see this picture of this woven mat and you are a thread in that mat and you're in his hands and he's weaving you and you think oh what is my life worth what am I doing what am I being what is the purpose but you know what it's not our plan it's his plan it's his design it's his pattern and just to rest in his design and his plan and I believe there's somebody here today you're feeling very very negative you're feeling very down and depressed and God says he cannot just pluck you from his design because as you've just heard through scripture now where can you go that he is not there is nowhere to go where he is not so if you're struggling just put your hand your your, your mind and your and your and your being and who, all those negative things just put that in his hand and allow him to minister to you right now. Because I just believe there's an anointing here. Just let him minister to you right now. Breathe out that anxiety. Breathe out that frustration. And know that he has you woven in his design and his pattern. You cannot escape him. So just yield. Stop trying to do everything in your own strength. You know what? That's the only sure thing that we have in this world with everything that's going on is Him. So just yield to Him. Give it to Him. Imagine the little piece of red. It says, I'm tired of being red. Where's my place? What's my value? I'm not like the beautiful blue of the flower. I'm not like the white outline. What's my place? What's my purpose? Imagine the little border. It says, I'm tired of being a border. I want to be in the middle. They'd lose their value. Because this is what holds the picture of what God's doing together. And so if God calls you to be a piece of red or a border or a blue, it doesn't matter because all of it is God's plan. And when God looks from the heavens at his plan, he marvels and says, man, what I made wasn't just good. It was really good. And so the heavenly perspective isn't to complain about the weather. It's to look 
from his point of view at his marvelous unfolding plan and thank him for it and give him praise. That's what we're all saying this morning. Isn't it amazing? You can have five different people all saying the same thing in a different way. Why? Because there's blues and reds and borders and middles all saying the same thing. If one piece of fabric in that big rug is missing, that is a rubbish rug. <laughs> So just lift your hand and say, Father, thank you that I'm in your purpose. Thank you that I'm part of your Persian rug. <laughs> and even though I may not understand my place or even like my place sometimes, I thank you that no matter what I do, I'm with you. No matter what I do, you are with me. Even if I go down to the depths, even if I'm depressed, you are with me. Thank you, Father, that I am part of your unfolding You know what? I hear the Father saying, thank you that you are part of my unfolding plan. I designed you to be part of my plan, <laughs> even if you don't see it. I love you, and I'm with you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Thank you, Father. It says in the Scripture, praise on the upright looks beautiful. So let's just say to ourselves and to each other right now, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Because this is what we're looking at. It's this perspective. Is that in His design, we're beautiful. Amen? because I was reading this last night and it's from 1 John 3. It says, Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience and He knows everything there is to know about us. My delightfully loving friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have a bold freedom to speak face to face with God. how to share this but um, fear <laughs> um, uh, I don't know where to start with it <laughs> um, I have a word and it's it's a bit of a weird word I wrote it down this morning and I wrote down fight the fight of fearless faith and yeah with the word of God so it's a, it's a, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot in it, but um, the picture that I see is us sitting at the table of uh, the Lord's table, um, the table that David spoke, uh, spoke of, where we sit at the table in the midst of our enemies, and I see us sitting there with every every good thing of God on the table and we are seated seated um, it's like we are yielded sitting in faith with his provision but in front of us is the enemy and he's making a lot of noise and a lot of distraction and he's growling and showing his teeth and uh, he's causing a lot of fear 
and our temptation is to get up and run at him and do what, what, whatever. My thing is to run away or uh, like turn away and ignore. But um, I believe that, that uh, faith is to face the facts. Face. So we're sitting, I see, we're sitting at the table and we're facing things that would cause us fear. It comes from Romans uh, 4. Uh, facing the facts, Abraham faced the facts. We face the enemy, we face our situation, we face whatever is coming against us that will cause us to fear. And I do believe that we need to, um, and our faith needs to be tested. We need to be in situations that we have to face. And uh, we overcome uh, by our, our fight which is the thing that's hard to share, but it's not as the world fights. Our fight is, 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 is faith, is yielding, is believing His promises. Um, we overcome with His truth. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. I, I could go so far with this thing, but, but I think, I th I think um, we... we we yield to, to God and, and we say, oh, this is coming. I feel this. I feel afraid. I feel um, whatever's happening. I feel sick. I feel what, whatever. And maybe there are people that are facing things already. Um, but we are guaranteed that we are going to face things. It's, it's a guarantee. Um, when we said yes to God, we said yes to we stepped into a battle, but the battle yeah. is not ours. The fight is not ours. He's fought the, the fight, yeah. and he has the victory, and he has given us the, vic the victory, and with it, every good thing. And uh, so our fight is to sit. <laughs> uh, Ephesians says to stand. Whatever it is, it's to, to, to be in him and focused in him and not to be drawn into uh, the fight, the, the enemy's territory. Um, the, yeah, so I, I ended the year with um, Romans 4. Um, I've got it here somewhere. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Um, the, the against all hope is the opposition. <laughs> you know, uh, the world is like in opposition to God. Everything that we face in this world, the world is in opposition to God. And um, we, we face it without weakening. We rest in what He's in His provision. And we face it. We don't run away from it. Um, and um, we don't waver in unbelief regarding the promise of God. So our, our faith is, is in His Word, His spoken Word, His prophetic Word spoken this morning. So, so many different words, but it's still God's Word. And we take hold of that, and we, we use that as a weapon. We take hold of His written Word. We take hold of every promise He's spoken to us, and we know we've got the, the victory. We are fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. And the power, you said something about the power. <laughs> yeah, peace. We, we rest in his peace. That's the, yeah. We, we, we rest in his peace. Um, and his power works in that. 
when we're at rest, when we sit in confident in our God in front of the enemy, the enemy shakes in his boots. He runs because of our confidence and our, and our boldness. And that's where the fearless faith. So, yeah, fight. My thing for, for the new year, fight the fight of fear, fearless faith. <laughs> Can I say something quickly? Oh, sorry. Um, just on that line, it just reminded me, last night, our youngest son, Isaac, comes to us and saying, I'm having a bad dream, I have this dream that he has some nightmare about something where the family, you know, people are going to die, or this very, he's very sad and he's very shaken up about it. So he comes out twice, the first time, you, and it's just amazing what you tell kids, which you often forget yourself, is the same thing about the fear, you know, perfect love casts out fear. And you say, you know, you need to change what you're thinking. If you're just, this is just going round and round your head, well, what's the truth? The truth is you're loved. The truth is you're safe. And the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. If you really believe that God loves you, then that fear has to go. And it's the same, you know, the same thing. When you're faced with very real fear, because for him that's very real. He's, it was like crying. He's very emotional. And I said, you've got to, you've got to, to change what you're thinking, that Perfect love casts out fear. I'm loved. I'm safe. And we often have to go back to that very simple place. It's a very simple, fundamental place. You have to believe that you're loved. And when you believe that you're loved and you believe that you're cared for, which what we've talked about this morning, this fundamental belief that God has knit us together, that he's made the way that he's got the plan in place, mm. then that fear has no place. And it's a very powerful belief. So just getting back to the basics. Perfect love casts out fear. Amen. <laughs> wow what a morning do you feel ministered to already i just feel so full and i i've got a i've got a preach ready but i'm not going to preach <laughs> because i feel like everything that people uh I just want to share one scripture, just so you know that what has been preached this morning already, uh, it's, it's all in alignment. The scripture that I have already pre-prepared <laughs> is what was preached by so many. And uh, it's just, it's amazing when the Spirit of God talks through His body. You know, the church is not something you attend on a Sunday morning so a pulpit can present God's message to you. A church is where people sometimes gather, sometimes on a Sunday, but we are the church, and we are God's message that He presents to the world. That's why Jesus said, I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to witness to the gospel. You are my gospel. I'm preaching to the world. And so we collect together on a Sunday morning, and that's a good thing. We mustn't forget the gathering of saints is good. But sometimes in our minds, we arrive on a Sunday morning and think, Preacher, preach to me. Worship leader, worship for me. And that's a bad idea. And so I just loved this morning. It was the body. It was the priesthood of all believers. We don't have a priest with extra ranks and extra dog collars and extra Jesus chains around their neck. And they're the high priest. And then we have a lower priest. And then we just have the dirty old sheep at the bottom. No, we are all priests. There's only one priest above us. It's called the Pope. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> No, that would be two popes at the moment. Um, no, we have a high priest. And we are the priesthood of all believers. And so this morning we ministered out of that. But I want to share one verse. I'm not going to preach my preach. 
I'm going to share one verse with you. If you could bring up Romans 8. Should we read this together, priests? Just make sure you cross yourself. Confess your sins before you read the Bible. You don't have sins. <laughs> you just want to be controversial. <laughs> Technically right, the best form of right. <laughs> Let's read this together. One, two, three. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit who received... Adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Yay! Don't worry about that, John. I really had one thing to say this morning, and I prepped a whole pile of other stuff to try and pad what I had to say. And I said, God, I can't say this. This is so fake. It's all true and it's all the word. But for this morning, what he had given me to share was this one thing. And it is the idea that service to God is good. Isn't that good? We must serve. And I had fancy stories about serving well. But you know that sometimes your service is the very thing that trips you up. Because you think that you earn and deserve your place at the family table because you serve. And you don't get your place at the table because you serve. No, you serve because you have a place at the table. It's a very different mentality. And when you approach God thinking that your service, your works, your effort, your glorification of Him, your, your evangelizing, your witness, whatever it is that's dependent on you, you slip back from your position as a son and you start acting like a slave. And you know what motivates a slave? Not money, because slaves don't get paid. Money doesn't, doesn't motivate a slave. Do you know what, opera, what motivates a slave? Adele said it, fear. It's how hard they're going to get beaten that motivates a slave. And so when we approach God thinking our service gets us a nice dinner, gets us a reward, it's ultimately fear that we will fall back on. And it will keep you awake at night. It'll give you bad dreams. It'll change the way you converse with people, the way that you relate to people, because it's always going to be defensive. It's always going to be afraid. It's always going to be dwindling. But when you say, irregardless of your performance, irregardless of how well you serve, you say, Father, thank you that you've accepted me at your table. Yes, I'm a naughty boy. Yes, I did all these things wrong. But you've accepted me at your table? You know that the service from that place will way outperform any slave service. Way, much more than any slave could ever produce. Do you know in the law that if a slave was in the household and was brought into the household, and even if that slave had children in that household as a slave, if that slave was released, he could not take his children with him. Because he produced those children by that household, not by his slavery. And so the law clearly says, if you have kids as a slave, they're not your kids. When you leave, you leave by yourself. If you arrive by yourself, you leave by yourself. When you approach God and you attempt to produce like Abraham did with Hagar, those are not reckoned to God as children. 
go and take my go and take your son your one and only son Isaac but he had Ishmael God didn't reckon him as his, as the the one who was going to come through the promise so when you try and produce by a slavery mentality even the fruit that you get you will not be able to keep because you can produce as a slave you'll be a good slave I I'm a fantastic slave <laughs> I'm organic <laughs> and I do things really, really well, but I'm still a slave in some parts of my mindset. And so when I produce like that, I'm working hard. And it's faith and patience that inherit the promises, not just faith. And so patience is a posture that you rest in, waiting for someone else to produce on your behalf. And so when you're a servant, you just produce it by yourself. You are not allowed to keep that fruit in the kingdom. You may look like you can keep that fruit on the outside for a time but not in God's eyes. Everything this morning was about going up to a higher place of looking at our reality, not through our window and looking at rain clouds, but going up to the highest place and looking at the universe from God's perspective. When you look at God's perspective, do not approach as a slave because you will come under fear. Understand that he approached you and adopted you in as sons. And if you're led by the Spirit of God, that same spirit will help you to cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. Sammy is not loved by me because of his performance. Because his performance is terrible. <laughs> it is utterly, he poos himself. He has not made one dollar for me. Terrible performance. Everything he touches, he breaks. He is a useless slave, absolutely useless. He is a liability, and if he was my slave, I would fire him. I can say all of that with such confidence because he doesn't eat at my table because he's my slave. He eats at my table because he's my son, and I would give my life for that useless liability. I would give my life in a second. We do give our lives every day for him. I would shed my blood for him with no question. But not because he's my slave. Because he's my son. How much more? Us being evil. How much more does our heavenly father love us? And your experience may not line up to that. And you may think, well, I need to work for God and I need to do this. And, and you know, all of us have weakness in that area. But the more that your experience lines up to the truth of what's on God's word, the less fear you walk in and the more fruit you will produce. Just being at his table. Let me remind you again of Luke 15 with the older brother who was working hard. The younger brother was naughty, but he was invited into the party just because he was coming to the Father. Because he was now letting his experience catch up to the DNA position he had. When you are created in Christ, your DNA, your spiritual DNA goes from death to life. It is a DNA, spiritual DNA change. And no longer do you become sinful. This is why what Terence was saying is, I don't have any sin. Why, well, he's right. Because no longer is he sinful in his sinful nature. God raised him from that death through Jesus' sacrifice. Perfectly, perfect sacrifice. Raised him from the death. And rather than him being sin, he made him the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. And so now he has perfect righteousness. So he can sit at the table confidently. 
That's what you were saying, John. You have that bold confidence. You get to sit at the table smelling like a piggy prostitute. You still sit at the table because he's your father. Everybody say amen. Let me qualify with one thing. That doesn't mean you should stay smelling like a prostitute <laughs> and a pig. It doesn't mean you can just uh, uh, think that, that, that that's all well and good. No, God, God, the Father disciplines the ones he loves. But, you know, he cannot discipline you when you're with the prostitutes. He's got to wait for you to come back to the table. And so the open door to that table of feasting is, is always open. It's not open dependent on your performance. And when you come to the Father and you sit at the table confidently, over time, He will mature you and grow you. Over time. Sammy's about to be three years old. I still don't expect him to make me any money. But when he's 20 years old, he's going to make me lots of money. It's a long process to get to a place of maturity, to be able to be fruitful in the kingdom. It's not just instant. And there will be accidental fruit. For the first 30 or 40 years, maybe, you might not produce anything. doesn't buy you from the table. You're invited to the table whether you produce or not. But the longer you're at the table, based on his performance, not your own performance, the more your performance will improve. Do not come under the pressure to produce, because that will make you a slave again to fear, and that will bring you back under bondage. Do you see the subtlety of that? Christians, 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 so well-meaning. Oh, I love Christians, and I hate them at the same time. <laughs> because all of us, me included, we get so religious, and we get one little nuance the wrong way around, and now we slip. It's just that one little direction, that one degree, and now we slip into a performance-based mindset. And it's good, isn't it? It's good to produce. It's good to serve. It's good to do things you don't want. All, all good things, and I agree with all of that. But if you track down that road long enough, you end up back in bondage, slavery, fear. And one day you're going to wake up and you go, God, I've been doing all of these things for you. Why do I feel so burnt out? Why do I feel so tired? <laughs> and God will say, I didn't call you to do that. You're my son. I love you. But I'm so tired. I've been working for you hard all these years. I didn't call you to do that. You're my son. Come to my table. Don't waste the time trying to produce because that'll be a waste of time. Sit at the table. Get fat. Plump up. And maybe in 20 years you'll produce. But you're produced by his effort, not by your effort. Does that make sense? I'm training Sammy every day to be able to produce for his future. I'm disciplining him. I'm putting boundaries around. I'm exploring. I'm trying to investigate. Who is this kid? Is he creative? Is he a dancer? Every night we put music on and he dances and across. Baba, come down, come down. And so I'm saying, is this guy a dancer? I hope he's not. But, <laughs> but if he's a dancer, I'm going to celebrate him regardless. Is he an accountant? Is he whatever he is? I want him to be the fullest in that. I don't make him dance to get me money. No, I'm trying to empower him so that he he can produce in the future and look after his family. I want him to have a good life, and God wants you to have a good life, and He wants you to come out under sin, and He wants you to come out of bad mindsets and all those things. But never mix up that you do that from the table first. You're invited to the table no matter your condition. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're invited to his table. That's it. That's all I'm going to preach. We're done. <laughs> Father, we thank you that you loved us.
We thank you that you loved us so much that when the son looked into your eyes, he saw what you were looking at. And you were looking at the world that you loved so much. And so the, the son volunteered himself as a son to come in human form, to come and redeem those who were dirty and stinky. And you made us sons because you came in the form of a son. So, Father, we thank you that we can call you our father. Thank you we can call you daddy. We can cry out, Abba, daddy. Thank you, daddy. We thank you, Jesus, that you invited us into your, <laughs> into your father, that you were so full of joy that we could call him dad too. You didn't get jealous and insecure and say, no, it's my dad, it's my dad. No, you said, come and call him dad too. I reveal the father. Thank you, G, and thank you, Holy Spirit. That every moment of your existence, you're revealing Jesus and you're revealing the Father. Thank you. Thank you for that proximity you've brought us into. That we are intimately entwined into who you are, into your purposes on this planet. We thank you for that. We thank you for that comfort. We thank you for that peace, for that joy. Just thank you for the pressures, the burdens to be taken off people, to perform, to earn and deserve. Thank you, Jesus, that you said... Come to me all who are heavy laden and wearisome. Come and be yoked with me. My burden is light, my yoke is easy, because I'm pulling it with you. Thank you, Jesus, that you invited us into this beautiful covenant of grace, covenant of kindness. Thank you. I just pray for favor on every single human that's listening to my sound of my voice. Just pray for that anointing of favor, that anointing of favor, that anointing of favor on everybody. That when you walk into the office or the doctor's room or the classroom or on the street, that there is a favor on you that shines and glows, reflects God's glory, and that people would be attracted to blessing those that God has blessed. Thank you for that blessing. Lord, I pray for a strength for anybody who's struggling, who's facing a circumstance, that through that circumstance that they would praise you regardless because of that favor you have placed on us. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for City Church. And thank you for another morning where we can celebrate you as a family. But Lord, I thank you for every morning that your mercy is on you. Thank you. I just pray that as everyone goes home this afternoon and wakes up tomorrow morning, that you praise him with that same intensity, that same passion, that same revelation that we've praised with him this morning. Thank you that you don't need a preacher at the front to have a relationship with a loving Father. We thank you for preachers at the front, but thank you, Lord, that you did not rely on preachers. You relied on your son to make us sons. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless you, City Church. Have a phenomenal week. Well done for preaching this morning. It was just so great.